Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before I begin our golden pause, let me just describe to you where I am. I'm sitting in a room in my home in Mount Shasta. It's dark out. It's just 6.30 in the morning. I've been up since about 4.30 a.m. And I've decided that this is the morning to record one, if not several, podcasts for you. So I just wanted to let you know that that's what I'm doing. That's where I am. And it's just a gorgeous fall season. I love the fall for a variety of reasons. I love it because of the memories of my childhood. I grew up uh, when I was really young in Chicago in a um, suburb of Chicago, Palatine, Illinois. And I remember festivals and carameled apples and pumpkin carving. And fall was just always the most glorious time of year. Actually, everywhere I have ever lived, fall is the most glorious time of year. Recently, I just got back from a retreat that I led in Italy, in Umbria, Italy, and it was just breaking out into fall there. It was really the end of the summer um, in mid-September, and it was absolutely gorgeous, just the most glorious weather, and I thought, my goodness, I've never been to Europe in the fall and Italy in the fall, and I think that's when I always want to go from this point forward. So wherever you are, um, if it's still the fall season while you're listening, if not, I hope that you're enjoying the season that it is. Um, But I do really love the fall. So let's go ahead and take our golden pause before I launch into the topic of leaning into the unknown. So wherever you are, sit comfortably. And of course, if you're doing an activity You can always go back to this golden pause and do it later, or you can just use these exercises as deep breathing, presencing exercises, no matter what you're doing. So please just begin to breathe with me. And if you are seated, sit in a chair with your legs uncrossed, your palms upright on your lap, and just with your shoulders back and alert kind of an attention with your breath. And if you're sitting Indian style on the floor, go ahead and lean back, but still keep your shoulders back. That helps to open your heart and also give you the maximum amount of your breath. So let's begin. Please breathe in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand taking in the fullness of that breath. As you exhale, allow yourself to sink into your body, into your breath, and relax. Breathing in very deeply through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand. Breathe in golden sunlight, pure golden sunlight, 
And as you exhale, just let go of your neck, your shoulders, any tension you feel, and relax. Breathing in golden sunlight, pure golden sunlight, all the way to the top of your head, all the way to your heart and your core, through your fingertips, through your toes, through your legs, through your whole body, feel pure golden sunlight. Exhale and sink a little bit deeper. And this time, as you breathe in golden sunlight, place your hand on your heart, activating heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking about something that you feel grateful for. It could be anything. It could be this moment, this breath, right here, right now. And as you breathe in golden sunlight and gratitude, filling your heart, your lungs, your whole body with golden sunlight and gratitude, Exhale and open your eyes. A golden pause is as simple as just pausing for three deep breaths. Helps you ground and center. Helps you become more mindful throughout your busy day. Helps you become more responsive to life and less reactive. And really at the heart of mindfulness is being responsive to life and less reactive. At the heart of the Don't Sweat Wisdom and Don't Sweat the Small Stuff philosophy is becoming more responsive to life and less reactive. What I want to talk about today is how we can lean into the unknown. But first, let me ask you something. Let me ask you to ask yourself something. When you are sitting in the unknown place, whether it be in your career, maybe you're hitting a crossroads where you don't really know if this career is what you really want to keep doing or not. Maybe someone you know has had a terrible accident and you have a day where you're deeply worried and concerned about a family member and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Maybe you've had news of a health scare. Maybe you've had a mammogram or a doctor visit where there's something that's not quite right in your body, but you don't know what the prognosis is yet. There's so many times in our lives where we are sitting on the precipice, on the edge of the unknown. Does it scare you? Or does it excite you? Well, certainly, you know, when you're talking about your health or the health of somebody you love, it's, it's scary for all of us to sit in the unknown. But there's those other kinds of unknowns where we are really at the jagged edge of our growth on some level, where we are sitting on the edge of something vast, something new, and we need to somehow shift what is typically scary in that place to making it exciting. So that's going to be my object of this podcast today is to help you, my subject actually, to help you shift from what is scary to what is exciting. 
and see this unknown space as a vast place of creativity. I'll also talk about those health scares that we have or when we're sitting in the unknown of news that we don't know what the outcome is going to be, how I manage that. So I think I'll begin there, actually. Recently, I was in Florence at the tail end of, well, it wasn't supposed to be the tail end of my uh, trip. It was supposed to be the beginning of a vacation. I don't know if you've been following me, but over the last year, I've had a very highly productive year. I have done many things in my business, and a lot of that productivity well, there, there seemed to be like an end point for me. And that was this last retreat um, that I have launched and filled and did with a wonderful group of women in Italy um, was really kind of an end point for me. I had so many things on my calendar that um, this represented one of the last completions, one of the last um completions on my calendar of of the things that I had launched this past year, including my new book, From Heartbreak to Wholeness. So I decided, well, I was it was a well-deserved time to also take a vacation. And so I thought, well, I'll do a little traveling. And I asked a few of my girlfriends that were on the retreat if they wanted to do some traveling too. And they said, of course, yes, let's go. So we went on to Florence and we were our second day into the third day after the retreat, and I woke up really early one morning. I didn't know why I couldn't sleep. I I felt super restless. You may have read my blog recently about this too, but I I felt super restless. I woke up and I I felt this sense of unease. And about an hour later, as I was tossing and turning and trying to go back to sleep, I received a text message from my daughter Jazz. And the text message um, basically said that Cambry, our, uh, my 18-month-old granddaughter, her fourth child out of five, she just had her fifth baby a couple of weeks earlier, and had had a terrible accident and was being airlifted to the closest medical center that had um, a hand surgeon available because she had had three of her fingers were almost completely detached from her hand. And they were on there, which was really a blessing, but they were really ripped up. And she had to go um, into surgery immediately to get that hand repaired. Well, you can imagine what that felt like. Um, Dark in a room that was an Airbnb room, I sat up straight up. And felt a panic, you know, that, uh, that sense of panic. My daughter was panicked. My daughter didn't, you know, was in shock. Um, this had just happened. And, you know, I had that sense of, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. You know, that completely out of control feeling. Wow, I'm so far away. What can I do? What can I do? And, you know, I had planned on going up to the Ponte Vecchio, like, uh, or to the Ponte Vecchio, walking from our Airbnb at sunrise to watch the sun come up over the Ponte Vecchio or in that area. And 
I just decided, you know, I, I'm going to continue to do that. I, I want to go see that. I want to go pray. And so I walked with a couple of girlfriends um, to the river, and there wasn't much sun. It was really cloud-covered. It was still very, very beautiful. Well, we went up and hiked up to the Michelangelo, um, the Piazza La Michelangelo, and that's that very high park in Florence where you can look all the way around and see all the vistas of Florence, see the whole city. And it's where Michelangelo's statue used to um, live. So there's a replica uh, there now to mark the monument. Well, we got to the top and I was on one side of the park, parking lot, park, and I looked over and I saw a little glimmer of light coming through the clouds right as I was asking for Richard to give me a sign. To, I was praying. I was praying to God. I was asking Richard to give me a sign that everything was going to be okay. I was terribly worried. And I hadn't heard anything yet. Jazz hadn't heard anything yet because her husband, who was with um, the baby, was just um, unable to communicate because his cell didn't work in the hospital or on the air transport. So it was many hours before we heard anything. And we were waiting in that really awful place of the unknown. And my way of leaning into it was to ask Richard for a sign, pray, and be hopeful that everything was going to be okay. That even if, in the worst case scenario, Cambry didn't recover all of her capacities, even if, in the worst case scenario, that she would be okay, that she would be the strong enough girl, that this would be part of her life journey. Well, I, of course, didn't want that. That was not at all what I wanted, but I prayed and I prayed that she was going to receive all the incredible care and the medical attention that she needed, that she would recover fully, that she would have a full use of her hand and as I did that, and I asked for a sign from Richard, it was as if the sky started opening up and light started streaming through in that heavenly way where the rays are just looking as if God is smiling through the clouds and giving you hope. And I felt Richard, and I felt the peace of being held, and I felt him say, I've got this, I've got this, don't worry, she's going to be okay. And while we still sat and we leaned into the unknown, she went into surgery and the nurse came out an hour later and spoke to her daddy and said, you look so worried I had to come out and tell you everything is going beautifully, it couldn't be going better, and it looks like she's going to have all her fingers and they're going to work and it's all going to be fine. And I have to tell you that just... Two days ago, she got her cast off, and now, I mean, her fingers don't look absolutely normal yet, but she looks like she's on her way, and she looks like she's on her way to a full recovery. What a blessing. And I celebrate that what was unknown was super scary, but when I sat in that place, willing to be hopeful, willing to stay positive, I'm happy to say that the outcome you know, reflected all of that hope 
And of course it could have been different. Of course, you know, I could have um, had a different story to tell you today, but I'm really honored and happy to say and, and really celebrating that she's okay. There's been times in my life where I've also had diagnoses, um, you know, tests that seem to be scary. I had a mammogram come back uh, one time that um, asked me to go back for a biopsy. There was about a two-week period where I sat in that unknown, in that mystery. Am I going to get the news that I have breast cancer? Am I going to get the news that I'm healthy? It taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about being in the present moment. It taught me a lot about the idea that you ought not to worry about what hasn't happened yet, that staying present is always the key. And what an act of practice. What an opportunity to practice presence, to practice leaning into the unknown with hope, with presence, with the power of knowing that your mind is a monkey on worry and can be calmed and centered through meditation, through practicing presence, through understanding that it's all going to be well and okay no matter what. That's not a Pollyanna philosophy. That's a philosophy of survival. Now, for a moment, I want to touch on how you turn unknown times into exciting times. This is something that I've learned to do very well in my life. I no longer look at wide open spaces in my calendar, for example, as scary or as, oh my God, I'm not being productive. What I have nothing going on. I have no productivity like planned. Because I know when I get into those spaces, there's a lot that's coming. There's a time where the unknown presents unlimited possibility. It means the entire universe is open for you in that moment, in those times where you're sitting in the unknown. For example, when I don't um, have anything planned, I, I know that's not going to stay that way very long. But I start to allow things to unfold. I love that word, unfold. It speaks to the mystery of life. It speaks to being excited about what possibility might just come forward. It might be revealed. It will all be revealed. Opportunities, invitations, your creativity, it's all going to be there as you breathe into, as you allow the expansion of the vast unknown to be an exciting place, understanding that it is absolutely the most creative space that you could ever be in, that it represents the void. It represents the fall into the mystery of life and allowing the mystery to come forward and reveal itself is one of the deepest spiritual practices that you can possibly enjoy in this lifetime. It's 
a wonderful thing when you can allow life to unfold in its mystery and welcome all the possibilities. And even when you get to a place where you can welcome what might feel very unwelcome, you know, those are opportunities too. When you lean into the unknown and you get comfortable with the unknown, you also get comfortable with your own creativity, calling on, accessing, allowing, allowing inspiration to lead you, allowing yourself to change in life, to embrace what's new. In the unknown, there is often an ending of something and the beginning of something else. And there's that in-between space where you haven't yet begun. Enjoy it. Relish in it. Love those moments of being open to all possibility. I hope that you have found this podcast enjoyable today, leaning into the unknown, understanding that what is unknown doesn't have to be a scary place. It can be extremely exciting. And when you're sitting in the unknown, there's an unfolding, a spaciousness of allowing whatever is to be revealed to come forward. And if you're sitting in the unknown of not knowing what might happen to a loved one or what might happen to your own health, please just allow that to be a practice of presence. Please allow yourself to pray for the outcome that you wish for, but with the understanding that you are going to be capable, and so are your loved ones, of dealing with anything that presents itself in the unknown. Much love to you all. Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff. Christine's new book, From Heartbreak to Wholeness, The Hero's Journey to Joy, is available at all major booksellers. Visit fromheartbreaktowholeness.com with your receipt of purchase to receive some fabulous free bonuses. That's fromheartbreaktowholeness.com.